traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Welcome to the Contrarian Investor Podcast. We give voice to those who challenge a prevailing sentiment in global financial markets. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Guests were not compensated for their appearance, nor do they supply payment in order to appear. Individuals on this podcast may hold positions in the securities that are discussed. Listeners are urged to educate themselves and make their own decisions. Now, here's your host, Mr. Nathaniel E. Baker. This podcast episode is brought to you by Merck Research. MerckResearch.com, M-E-R-K. I read these reports on a regular basis and can say that I get a lot of value out of them. Merck Research is different from other research, which usually just cherry picks all positive or all negative charts and then falls into the trap of confirmation bias. Merck Research provides an intellectually consistent approach by going through a consistent set of relevant data and then putting it through a consistent set of frameworks, which is then summarized in a checklist and in a concise written summary. Their monthly economic and market data review provides an excellent overview of the macro landscape. It's all compiled in one place and easy to interpret chart books with written analysis. And now listeners of this podcast can take advantage of a special offer and get a three-month free trial to Merck Research. Simply visit the website merckresearch.com forward slash contrarian. That's Merck spelled M-E-R-K. Or you can log on to merckresearch.com, sign up for a regular subscription, and enter the code contrarian at checkout to take advantage of this free offer. Now on to today's episode. All right, uh, Brody Howitt, Bellador Asset Management. Thank you so much for joining the Contrarian Investor Podcast. We are recording this after the market close on Monday, December 14th, the day when the coronavirus vaccine famously has gotten rolled out in the US and people have started to get vaccinated against COVID-19 in the US. And this is just one of a series of things that has many investors and, and markets pretty buoyant here as we go into the year end. We also have a stimulus, hopefully, probably, possibly, coming from Washington, D.C. And then just the general sense that the economy will pick up steam and pick up where it left off again pre-COVID. People will start traveling again. They'll start going to restaurants again, indoors and outdoors. They'll start shopping again at malls, et cetera, et cetera. And with the Fed in very loose monetary position, all systems should be go for risk assets. But you are not quite so sanguine on the big picture. Tell us why. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with, with, with positioning. You know, when you looked at how the market was positioned right in front of the election, 
there was so much protection that was put on that the, the rally really came from, because we didn't know for certain, as we know what's going on in Georgia right now, that we don't know for certain quite that there, you know, there is gridlock in Washington. There was just so much protection put on. Uh, everyone was very fearful. And when you have that much fear, those are the opportunities where you make a beta bet and go long. Mm-hmm. And all that has unwound. We've gotten a, a huge amount of a positive news that, you know, I, I, I hope the COVID is in, in the rear view mirror right now, but the, 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 everyone is positioned that way. And markets don't top or stocks don't top when all of a sudden there's horrible news is out. It's markets top, stocks top, when everyone is already invested. And we're nearing those levels right now. Hmm. Uh, if you talk to a lot of the prime brokers at, at the largest primes right now, gross and net are, are at historical highs. And you know, while in the 90s, late 90s, it was like that for a long period of time and the market still rallied, um, you know, you, you know, when it unwinds, when everyone's so levered up and so long, it can happen so aggressively um, that you have to um, it, be more reactive that, or be more proactive rather than reactive and position yourselves and use the next opportunity. So for us, we actually think that there's a, there could be another 5% move to the upside in the S&P, but we're looking to use that uh, as an opportunity to bring our net down and bring down our, our, our gross exposure. And, you know, who knows what it could be, you know, everyone could point to, I don't know, de Blasio shuts down everyone, doesn't let anyone leave their apartments, you know, or it could just be what's going on down in Georgia where people, you know, want a position or like, oh, wow, we do have this runoff that's coming in early January. All of a sudden we leave this week, maybe we get this big push into, into the end of expiry here. Um, you know, but for us, if we do see that, we're going to start, you know, get defensive and, you know, just because we believe we're going to have that vacuum of, of, of demand after that. So, you know, I, I think it's, you know, right now is, is, is a perfect timing because I think we're right, you know, in that, you know, seven and a half, you know, eighth inning of, of, of one more big push higher. And I think it will be one of those blow off tops because, you know, like I said, gross and net, everyone's already invested right now. Um, and, and who knows? I mean, I'm not, we're not calling for a collapse in the market, but, it, you know, you could see that pullback, you know, into the election was very painful for a lot of people, mm. especially a mm. lot of people that were, 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 were in, in tech. So mm-hmm. um, that, that's, you know, for us, you know, everything is, is positioning. It's the mm. same thing with, you know, when the market bottomed in, 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 in March and April, you know, that, there was no talk of a vaccine. It's just, there was so much short interest, everyone plowed out of their positions. So, you know, I think, you know, the, the biggest battle when you're dealing with individual names, you know, going into earnings and how a stock will react is you have to understand where the bodies lie. And it's the same, you know, in the same sense, when you're, you're positioning your portfolio holistically with the market right now, um, you know, we've had a tremendous amount of positive news. We saw what happened in biotech with the XBIs, which were up 5% at one point today. Um, you know, what, what's, what's the next thing that can move us, you know, another 10% from here? Mm. So, um, yeah. yeah. You mentioned the runoff in Georgia. And is that a potential, um, you know, hiccup that you're watching? And, and what else are you looking at in terms of catalysts? Well, I think, I think that's something where people will, 
you know, we'll come out of expiry and, you know, next week people are going to look and be like, okay, you know, what could happen in, in, in Georgia, right? I mean, maybe the odds are, 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 are um, in the favor of there will be gridlock, but if you're already max long and the market's at its top, um, you know, I, I think it, it would behoove anyone to be a little cautious. So, you know, I think, you know, the time is to, to take advantage of the next move higher to, to put on that protection, um, maybe bring your gross down or write some of your positions with some calls. Um, but I think, you know, if, if I'm a, if, if I'm at a, a large hedge fund or, or where I'm at right now, I mean, I, you, you, you can't, you don't want to be the last person to start uh, selling, you know, into a catalyst. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, 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 if the Georgia runoff goes and the Dem- and there's and, and the de- Democrats have have the House and and the Senate, um, you know I, I think there's a there should be a lot of concern because yeah. they have you know with the, the, the corporate tax cuts you know mm-hmm. tax cuts you know I, I think a lot of a lot of that you know getting eliminated is is, is on the table and mm-hmm. you know the market's not going to like that at all mm-hmm. so you know I, I think you know it, it I think the odds are that 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 the Republicans will, will keep the, the Senate, but right. you know, do you want to take that risk? Yeah. 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 It sounds like there's, there's a lot can go on and, and it kind of brings to mind a little bit, you know, the January sell-off back in 2018, which seems like a hundred years ago now, but obviously a little different than we had a, a, a tightening fed at, at that point, if memory serves, but do you think that we could be in it for a bit of a repeat come January? Possibly. I mean, I don't think it will be, you know, that aggressive. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it could be a myriad of things. I mean, it's just, you know, to me, to me, in terms of how we position our portfolio um, from a beta perspective really is, is modern how people are positioned by looking at, at, at the prime broker uh, data and, and, and uh, looking at put call ratios. Um, so, you know, if it could be the, the, the um, you know, something happens with, with, with Georgia, it could happen something with COVID, mm. but it can happen. It could, it could unravel very quickly. Mm. And, and, and that's something, you know, where if, if you have that same belief as, as we do, you're starting to look at your portfolio very closely at names that are very liquid mm. and, and take advantage of, 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 of the up move they get out. Because, you know, we all know when you're trying to sell an illiquid name, you're going to cause such a dislocation to the downside. You're not going to be able to get out of it. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to point to the callus. It's one of those things where the market just will, will start to move and then people will look for excuses. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you looked at, at, uh, when we fell off into the election, you know, there, a lot of people were pointing to COVID, right. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, since then, as the market's gone up, what's gone on in California, right. What's gone on in Wisconsin, you know, look what, look at all the headlines that, you know, we had received today from what's going on, uh, with the restaurants, um, you know, if, if the market fell off, people would point to that. Um, yeah. You know, for us, it's, it's, it's all about uh, positioning and, 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 and psychology right now. And you're, we're getting to the point right now that a lot of people just, they just don't have the bolts left. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned the, the prime brokers. Now, the one thing that the prime brokers don't track is retail investors and, and which have kind of come back a lot this year. You know, we all know about the Robin hood crowd, the wall street bets, Reddit, and all these other things. Is that something that maybe is not being factored in that that could, you know, because typically when you look at cycles, they're always the last ones 
to kind of get allocated, right? They're they're like it's like the final leg of the of the rally. If you go back to like yeah, past past bubbles and such, is there, is there any concern that maybe from that perspective that could generate another move higher? Well, I think I think that's exactly the people that we're going to be you know pushing to to uh, to to get into the market. Right. You know, it's 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 that emotional feel that oh my god, mm. I missed it. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I I think those will be the people that will will be you know chasing the next yeah. rally and probably have already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and and you know you could see it. You know, you know we would hear data about stuff that goes on in China where the retail investor would blow out of names and, and the, the yeah. phones would mark the top. Yeah. And, and I think, I think uh, um, right now you, you probably have a lot of people that, and you have a lot of, you have a lot of funds too. There's, you know, if you look at the prime broker data, you're, you're seeing a lot of uh, um, uh, the short interest and in, in names are going down tremendously. The short, the Goldman short interest basket is at all time highs right now. So, you know, I, I think you're, you're getting, guys that are tapping out on, on their shorts and you're getting that retail investor that's going to be, you know, plowing out of names. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, um, that's, that's the time to get defensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right. Now, as far as sectors are, are concerned, have you bought in at all to this, you know, this rotation out of big tech and into value and, and small caps and how are you playing that? How, what are your views on that? Well, I think, you know, that I, I think, that that has definitely happened, right? Mm. We've seen the small cap names, and 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 you know, the end of October, that election was the perfect time. Uh, a lot of things lined up because the, the October is the end, year end for a lot of, of mutual funds, so you get a lot of tax loss selling. So, you know, all that culminated into the market having a lot of fear going right into the election, and and um, you know, I think. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I I I think we're we're set up right now where um, you got to you have to take advantage of 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 these moves to, to you know especially with the VIX coming in and and volatility is cheap to to then look to put on on protection into this next move higher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you go long vol here? You know, I mean. The, the way that we usually put on protection is, is one by two put spreads, mm-hmm. right? With where we're at right now in this next move higher, we're, we're gonna be putting on, you know, one by ones right mm-hmm. now. So, mm-hmm. and essentially, you know, um, you know we're, we're going long wall. Um, right. You know, I, I think, I think um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing because you, especially after the market fell apart, you started to see all those reports about uh, uh, funds that had these uh, huge put protections and, and how, you know, they wasted a lot of money and one took it off right before it came on and stuff like that. A lot of them have lost a lot of money on that on the way up, you know, and, 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 and people are peeling out of all that protection right now. This is the time to, to, to put that on, right? Mm-hmm. This next 5% move, 6% move higher in the S&P, is, 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 is the time to, to, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, and, and if we get to that point, you know, our, 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 if we hit our price target 6% higher in the S and P, you know, we, we will look at possibly just buying, you know, puts and, and, and seeing whether or not we get that, uh, you know, spike in ball mm-hmm. on, on, uh, ETFs or on, on individual names or both. Um, we do, we, we, we put a lot of our protection on and, 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 ETFs, just because it, 
it's easier for us yeah, to size our mm-hmm, positions. Mm-hmm. You can put a lot more on and you can take them off without a lot of slippage. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's the way that we'll be looking at it. But in terms of that rotation with the, with the IWMs and, and the Qs, yes, that, you know, that rotation happened. It was, you know, and you see that a lot of times into year end where people will buy, you know, a lot of long ones will start to buy those, those beaten up names. That rotation has happened already. Um, I think it will continue, but I think it's one of those, you know, especially with where the Russell's at right now, I think you might have a little bit of a pause, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, it, it, to me right now, that rotation will continue um, going into to next year. But in this move lower that I believe it will probably happen some, at some point in January, you know, the, the Russell will correct as well. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. All right. Brody Howitt, thank you uh, so much for joining the Contrarian Investor Podcast. I want to take a short break and come back and dig in a little bit deeper into you and, and your, your, um, your background, if, if that's all right. Sure. So take a short, we'll take a short break here. If you are a premium subscriber, you will not get the break. So don't touch the dial. We'll be right back. And if you want to be a premium subscriber, you can sign up at contrarian.supercast.techtech. I need to tell you about Merck Research. MerckResearch.com, M-E-R-K. I read these reports on a regular basis and can absolutely recommend them. Uh, Their research is different. They do not cherry pick positive or negative charts, nor do they fall into the trap of confirmation bias. They have an intellectually consistent approach. They grew through a consistent set of relevant data, put them through the same consistent set of frameworks, and then summarize the whole thing in a checklist with a concise written summary. And now listeners of this podcast can take advantage of a special offer, which is a three-month free trial to Merck Research. Simply visit the website MerckResearch.com, sign up for one of the subscriptions, and enter the code CONTRARIAN at checkout to take advantage of this limited offer. That's MerckResearch.com, M-E-R. Okay. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Brody Howitt here, Bellator Asset Management. Uh, so kind of you to join us. This is the segment of the show where we ask our guests a little bit more about themselves, how they got their start in investing, and how they came to the, their current station in life and in their careers. So I, I know you have a pretty uh, illustrious you know, career in, on, on the buy side. Um, so yeah, tell us, tell us about that, how it all got started. Well, illustrious might be a little aggressive, but thank you. Um, well, for myself, I'm I'm a, I'm a first generation American. My parents are Canadian, which isn't too far away. But my dad was just a a farm boy up in, in northern Alberta, but it was a really good hockey player. Came nice. to the states to play in the NHL, and and uh, you know we moved around a little bit, and and, and uh, I, I grew up mostly in New Jersey. Uh, he played for the Devils. Is that why? Or no? Yeah, he played for the Islanders for nine years. Wow. For, the, for the Whalers, now known as the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. And, and then, uh, then I grew up mostly in, in, in some some may call God's country in New Jersey. Right. Uh, All right. So hang on a second, because I was a, I was a Whalers fan for a while growing up in Connecticut. So how it? Uh, what when was he playing there? He played there. So he played for the for the Islanders from '72 to '80. Okay. So he played there for for one year. He had okay, a really right, good so year. Uh, they were going to name him captain. Back then, uh, hockey players weren't making any money. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, so he took a, 
he, he signed a, a four-year deal with the Devils. And uh, that's when the doctors thought it was a good idea when you blew out your knee to take all your cartilage out of your, out of your knee. So yeah. that, that pretty much ended his career. When he went to the Devils, he blew out his knee. And, uh, and then, you know, for him, you know, neither of my parents went to college. So the whole process was unknown. And uh, as I went and I was going to public school in, in New Jersey, I was recruited to go play at a boarding school up in, in Connecticut called uh, Choate Rosemary Hall. So I played there for, for and, and, and it's a great academic uh, boarding school as well. So I went there for two years. I was recruited to go to West Point and McGill, which is up in Montreal. Mm -hmm. At the time, you know, McGill was 3,500 CAD uh, and I had dual citizenship. Um, but my dad was having some financial issues and, and, uh, and I decided to go to West Point. Uh, a buddy of mine that, that I actually looked up to as, a, as an older brother and mentor named Ian Weiner, who's been all over the place on Wall Street. Uh, he went to Choate and then I followed him to, to, to West Point. He, he told me this could be, this would be the best decision you could uh, ever make for yourself. So uh, I went there and I got my head kicked in for the, for the first two years, made some unbelievable friends, sp spent five years in the military, most of the time in Fort Hood, Texas, but my last year was in Edouard, Iraq. Mm. Uh, I had uh, three really, really close calls and uh, I, I decided to call it uh, a day. So my, you have a five-year commitment and my last year was in line with my time in Iraq. And when I came back, I decided to get out. And the gentleman, Ian Weiner, uh, he, start, he was all over the place on the sell side, but he just started at SAC Capital, now known as Point 72. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard of it. Almost to the day that I, got, uh, that I uh, left the military. So I didn't get an interview through him, but I was able to, I really wanted to go there because he was there. And, and I was able to get an interview through, through uh, other means. And I started at the lowest rung on the ladder, getting coffee for Steve, uh, you know, stapling you know, papers and being told by a 22-year-old kid that you're, um, you know, you're doing it wrong. Um, but it was, uh, you know, that was back in August of 2004. And that was, a, that was a good job for me because it was, it was horrible, but it, it, it I liked it, the business and watching what everyone was doing. And, and, and a lot, you know, when you trade a portfolio and you run, you know, you run a team, it's very, very similar to the military in terms of planning for, for missions. Mm. So, so um, I sucked up that time. I was able to get to the trading desk and, uh, you know, was there, became a trading analyst, became like a junior PM on, on, on a consumer portfolio, um, had unbelievable times. Steve is, is, uh, uh, his work ethic and, and his drive, you know, it's, it's, it's unmatched. And uh, I learned a lot there. In 2018, I decided to make the move to start Bellator with uh, a couple other veterans. So what we are, are, you know, we are a service-disabled veteran-owned business asset manager. And uh, we run a long, short fund right now that, you know, a lot of it is, is, is syndicate driven is IPOs and secondaries. Okay. So, you know, every person on our team is, is a veteran and, and, uh, and I didn't just do it just because, you know, Oh, I just want to, you know, give jobs for veterans. I do want to do that obviously. Right. The unemployment for veterans is 35% higher 
than, than, than any other group. Right. But, you know, there's a lot of characteristics to, to in the military that you can take out of there and, and apply to Wall Street, you know, whether it's, you know, planning every single day for the mission, because the more planning you do, the less reaction, you know, reactive you are. I think that's what brings a lot of volatility to the market. You'd be surprised how many people don't plan every night or have morning meetings to discuss how to, how to um, maneuver, um, being able to take the stress. You know, I've seen in, in volatile markets where people are just plowing out of positions and instead of, you know, hey, look, we just talked about this five days ago. This is where we would be buying it type of, type of situation um, and, and being able to, to lead people. You know, and, uh, um, you know, having a group like that, I think, you know, is, is you know, we really have a tight knit group of, of, of people that, uh, you know, work really well together. Mm. Very cool. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, Steve Cohen, obviously very well known, legendary, uh, you know, Wall Street and, and hedge fund, uh, you know, trader and, and now, uh, you know, little it's interesting actually now it's he's he's more public than he has been ever i think as as owner of of the mets yeah it's funny he's actually gotten the twitter game down pretty good if you if you've been paying attention but no i i don't uh i i don't i don't look at twitter but you know whenever i i go in my car and, and listen to 66 wfan i start hearing people you know yeah you know, all, all the fans talking about uh yeah you know right. are, are expecting him to be the savior for the mets yeah well they they need it yeah um but yeah, that's interesting. You know, in all my years of covering hedge funds, which started right around the time that you started there at SAC, I, I never actually managed to meet him. I don't, I don't, no, I didn't. Um, but obviously legendary, I heard all, all this, you know, these stories about how he keeps the trading room very cold, I think, like um, to keep people on their toes. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the, the story is, is that there's a certain temperature where your, your, your mind, will, you know, will, will work that work out optimally. And it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit colder than most people would like. So, you know, everyone's wearing a vest, but yeah. you know, you're just used to it, you know, especially uh -huh. for, for myself, I, you know, I didn't work anywhere else, you know, yeah. that. so that's, that's just what I, you know, expected. Uh -huh. Do you have, do you keep some of that stuff um, at your own firm or, or do you have kind of, do you kind in of, terms of, in terms of the temperature? Well, yeah. And other things <laughs> that you learned from Steve. No, I mean, you know, listen, it's, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's, it, you know, in, in the military, you could have a room full of Fulberg colonels and they'll all act like privates with each other and, and, and joke around all the time until a general comes into, into the room and then everyone's, you know, professional again. With Steve, you know, he just, he just always drove the train and was always there 110% mm. committed and always on. And, you know, that's that that's a great leadership quality, right? Because that just, you know, makes everyone else, you know, at that level all the time. And I think that's what, why they're, you know, an, a great reason why there was so much success, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you know, I, I, I work seven days a week, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's something that at, at SAC you did, right? Mm -hmm. Steve, Steve is worth, you know, worth, I don't know how much now, yeah. but every Sunday he's, he's talking to PMs, and, 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 and uh, his, his assistants on positions and stuff like uh -huh. that, right? And, and, and that's what you need to be successful. You have to have that chip on your shoulder, right, right. at all times. And those are, those are the PMs that, uh, 
you know, uh, a guy like Gabe Plotkin, who used to work there, uh, who's been very successful, you know, they, they find that chip on their shoulder and, mm-hmm. and, and that just drives them to, to continue to do well. Whereas mm-hmm. you see a lot of people that um, they'll have an unbelievable year, you know, and, uh, you know, ah, I don't have to work as hard, mm-hmm. you know, uh, maybe I start to talk to other people about their positions and stuff like that instead of doing my own work. Um, so I think it's, you know, that, that's something that I really, you know, you know, took from, from, yeah. from my time there. Yeah. Yeah. And you see that a lot with hedge funds, you know, these guys come out of the gate and, and they do very well for like a, a year or two. And then, you know, they don't do that well after that. And it's probably for, for the exact reason that you mentioned. So, and, and, and another, another reason for that too, is, is that, you know, you could probably run about 200 and 250 million of your own ideas mm-hmm. until you get too big into, yeah. in certain positions where you, then you start to bring on analysts. Mm. And then, you know, that's, you know, something that, you know, you know, we're trying to bring on uh, other, other funds of, of, of uh, military officers and, and, and an attribute that, that, that I know that they have is that they know how to incorporate and make a team. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these guys that might do really well out of the gates off their own ideas, then they bring on other analysts and maybe that analyst models differently than they do. And they don't, um, they don't know how to mentor them. Um, they don't know how to standard operating procedures in place when you go into earning seasons, when it becomes mm-hmm. very chaotic in the mornings. So, um, you know, I think, uh, I think that's a big reason too, you know, uh, is, is that number one, you know, a great, great year, maybe they don't have the drive or they're bringing on more money yeah. and then all of a sudden they have to bring on another team. And now you're all of a sudden you're trading different sectors that you're not used to. And then mm. all of a sudden things work against you, you know, in those sectors. And, mm. and, 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 and that's when things sort of fall apart for some portfolio teams because the PM will, will, alienate those uh positions that are not his really and 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 put all that money into maybe his his ideas right um and and that's that's when things sort of fall apart Mm -hmm. interesting wow yeah that's that's fascinating so and now where do you we talked about in the first half of the show about the you know the the markets and how you know expecting a a pullback in, in january potentially what else can you tell us about, about your strategy and, and how you go about trading, how you position and, and your views on market? I mean, you, we covered the views on markets, but more maybe the, the sec, different sectors and things like that. Well, you know, like I, like I said, we're sitting, you know, the, the long book is, is syndicate driven, right? Mm-hmm. So we try to find, and we don't go into to every deal that's out there, but we try to find um, those IPOs and, and we try to, you know, right now with COVID, it's very, very difficult to try to, to meet with management teams, mm. you know, but we try to build a relationship with them and, 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 uh, and sort of get into that grand, you know, ground floor. So we almost have like a private equity component to us when we're dealing with the IPO side, if we can get that, that stock at the deal price. Mm. And then we just hold those, those names, you know, in perpetuity. Um, you know, if it hits our price target, we'll peel out of it, maybe look to get back into it, um, you know, 30 days after that's right around when you have sell side research that's issued. And, and that's when the stock will get another bump um, because a lot of mutual funds cannot initiate positions unless there's a credit sell side research. So you have right. that demand that may come. Um, but, you know, the, you know, the other chunk is, is, is secondaries huh. in reg M block trades. Okay. And with that, you're getting, especially when you're dealing with secondaries, you're dealing with pro-growth, pro-cyclical sectors, right? You uh-huh. don't see 
energy companies issuing equity when crude's at 20 bucks, right? right? But, but if, if, if the crude market's very tight, you know, maybe there's a war or whatever, um, and crude's really buzzing and, and, and it looks like it's going to maintain that, you'll see energy companies issuing equity, or you see it in biotech a lot where you have, you know, maybe smaller biotech company that has, you know, one or two drugs in the pipeline, one gets approved and it'll make that rip. And then a company will issue equity to maybe increase manufacturing of that truck. And then the stock will re-rate mm. into that. And then we'll take advantage of that. So that's, that's another reason why, you know, which is, is a positive for us as, as a strategy in this type of market, because these deals will be announced on a Monday or Tuesday night, and they might price Wednesday or Thursday, the stock re-rates into that. And then we put on the, you know, the protection, or we may already have that on because as we shift out of different names, um, because right now we're, we're capital constrained, you know, a lot of these positions we want to stay in longer. Um, so we already have that protection on within that, that sector. Um, but you almost have that where, where the stock has already re-rated while the sector is up here, right? Mm. So either come like that, you know, so, um, it, uh, um, that, that's, that's pretty much, you know, where, you know, the, the catalyst for our, for our long ideas. Oh, cool. Okay. So basically what will happen is there'll be a, the market. We'll see, we'll see this as a dilution event. Like they'll see the, the new stocks being issued and they'll be like, this is a reason to sell the name. But you'll buy Correct. into that, yeah. Okay. Right, but you buy the new but, the new issues, yeah. Yeah, but but there's so many. You know, the stock will be right into that. You you you'll have a lot of fast guys that might try to short and press into yeah. that. Um, you know, but some of these some of these deals, you know, they might be already covered, and mm. and the stock will actually trade up into it mm. um, because you know, um, people investors see that there's so much momentum within yeah. this company especially these biotech companies if this mm-hmm. if this drug is approved you know they, they can make you know five billion dollars in, in 21 blah 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 you know it, 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 it you're dealing with and and it's you know it's it's not you know every deal but yeah. you know that's why you know we do the work and and we're you know we're making sure that we're getting into those names with you know where there's a lot of momentum behind them and uh, and we and we hold on to those names and and mm-hmm. now you know we're in a different age right now you know and, and when I first started you know we traded a lot upstairs um, the market wasn't as fragmented um, you know when you had you know citadels and millenniums really came onto the scene they were trading so much in the algos and you have all these different quants these secondary deals take a little bit longer for for these companies to reach that max alpha. Um, just because you have a lot of quants that take down, you know, large portions of these deals, you know, on, on every single deal. And then they start working out passively two to 3%. But if you have two or three of those people, you know, working on those deals, sometimes it, it takes, you know, it takes a little longer for those names to, to fulfill their potential. So there's other ways that we'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll try to, to uh, mitigate that, that stock, for, you know, that may, you know, hang around, you know, at, at certain levels for a while, while the, you know, the market might move higher, you know, so there's, there's a lot of different tactics, techniques, and procedures that, that we use. Interesting. Wow. That's really interesting. At some point, won't, won't the new issue stuff dry up a little bit if things become a little more risk off and. No, it, it listen, every, in, in March and April, people, you know, would tell me that, that it's going away. 
the, the syndicate market never sleeps. It may yeah. die down a little bit, you know, in like August, you know, the syndicate market might, you know, you know, go away for a week or two. Um, you know, next, you know, next week, it's, 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 it's probably going to um, uh, dry, dry up a bit. But, you know, the syndicate market is always there. And, you know, like I said, it's pro growth, pro cyclical, but you, you know, even when the market was falling apart, if you remember Carnival Cruise Lines, you know, everyone was pressing it and, and, you know, it, logically this, they could go out of business, but they did a debt and an equity deal. And that was the low of the year for Carnival Cruise Lines. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a lot of times, and this was seen in 2009 and, and why, you know, I made the decision to leave um, because I have six kids and a wife that I'm scared of that, that I would have hastily made this move. You, you know, while it's, it's a pro-growth, pro-cyclical type strategy in the secondaries during they're in bull markets when the market's trending higher. When the market's falling apart in 2009, we saw it and we saw it this year. If companies just can sure up their balance sheets, you know, those stocks are going to explode after that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, 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 uh, and uh, you know, that's, you know, it doesn't really dry up. And, and during those times where you might have a little lull in the battle, there's a lot, of, you know, like I said, you know, I'm not getting a positioning flipping out of it. You know, I'm, I'm holding on to these names. Right. So, you know, in those times, you know, um, that, uh, you know, the market might fall off or your, the syndicate market ECM dries up a bit. We're still holding on to those positions and trading around those names. Mm -hmm. Maybe in closing, uh, you can tell us, tell our listeners how they can find out more about you. And I'll put this information in the show notes as well. You'd already mentioned Twitter. You're not there, uh, but you do have a website, right? Sure. You can go to uh, www.belltorfunds.com. Belltor means uh, warrior in Latin. Uh -huh. It's uh, B-E-L-L-A-T-O-R-F-U-N-D-S.com. And, and on that site, you can get information on, on, on how to contact and, and learn a little bit more about our team. Very good. Awesome. Brody Howitt, thank you so much for joining the Contrarian, Podcast, Contrarian Investor Podcast. Thank you all for listening and we look forward to speaking to you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Contrarian Investor Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. To subscribe to this podcast, simply open your favorite podcast software and search for Contrarian Investor. Follow us on social media by searching for Contrarian Investor on Twitter and Instagram. Send us your thoughts on feedback at contrarianpod.com. We look forward to speaking to you again next time. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.